This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. Well, Angela, today we're joined by Janice. She is the founder of Chick Tech, an awesome nonprofit that reaches out to girls and women in technology, trying to work on engagement. They have an amazing high school program that she gets into, and we talk about her career and how she's trying to solve a lot of the problems that she ran into when she got started. It is a very awesome interview. And before we get into it, I just want to mention that you can support Women's Tech Radio by going to patreon.com forward slash today. There is no minimum donation amount, but you can set a recurring monthly payment, which will assist in Women's Tech Radio in continuing. Patreon.com forward slash today. And we get started by asking Janice what she's up to today. Today, I am working with on Chick Tech, of course, as every single day of my life. But uh, today, we're actually uh, interviewing for a program director so that we can bring on staff people for the organization, which is exciting. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Thank you. So, for people in our audience who aren't familiar, what is Chick Tech? Yeah, so Chick Tech is a nonprofit. Uh, we're headquartered here in Portland. Our mission is basically to get and keep girls and women in high tech. Uh, we are now in eight states and 10 different cities, which is pretty exciting. We run programs for women who are already in technology or looking to get into technology. We run a program for high school students, uh, girls who aren't yet engaged in technology, but who have the aptitude to do well in it. And we run summer camps. We're launching a job board and culture consulting for companies. We do all the things. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. No wonder you need staff. <laughs> and you're the secretary at Chick Tech, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's how it feels most of the right. time. It can't be limited to one thing. When you <laughs> when you're running your own thing, you're doing all the hats. Yeah. So so yeah. what what the people on the other end of the podcast might not know is Janice is actually the founder of Chick Tech. Right. Yes. Yeah. So so yes. tell, tell me about that journey. I know it's a, a really interesting story. Like like how why why did you start a a not like a, a, a Startup. Why did you do this? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Why would I do this to myself? I mean, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a few different reasons that I started Chick Tech. So uh, my undergrad's actually computer engineering, although whenever people see me, even though they know I run a women in tech organization, they think I'm not technical. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that I started Chick Tech was to um, really start breaking the stereotypes around who is technical and who can fit into the technology industry. Um, I actually ended up leaving technology after I got my degree um, based on a variety of negative factors. Uh, I had imposter syndrome. Um, I just really didn't feel like I fit in. I felt like everyone was better at tech than I was, even though objectively looking back at my grades and everything else, I was doing better than the others. So I don't know where I got these ideas from. Um, but what, also- What was your degree in? Computer engineering. Oh, she's. Um, so yeah, she's, it's okay. Wow. <laughs> to go back. I know you just tune out. But I, it's uh, it's what? cool though that you got the the degree and then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna take a break. <laughs> yeah. But well, how'd you get back into it then? Um, well, so one of the reasons, um, the other reason that I left was because there was a lot of issues around pregnancy discrimination, sexual harassment, and actually sabotage by other women in the technology field. Um, and so. One of the reasons that I started Chick Tech was to give other women a welcoming and inclusive community and support system so that 
that kind of thing wouldn't deter them from being in technology. Um, and I had actually, so after I left technology, I ended up getting my MBA. I focused on sustainability. And then I did, I uh, worked at the worst company ever for about nine months and realized there are actually worse places than the technology industry. So that's, I guess, a good thing to know. Uh, and then uh, I quit there, started my own consulting thing, and ended up volunteering at someone else's event to get uh, minority kids uh, more excited about technology careers. Um, so that actually inspired me to create my own program for girls and women based on things that I learned there. So you've got this idea. You've had some experiences, most of them bad, apparently. Um, <laughs> you had some good experiences in college. Oh, I guess like that's a good question. Like while you were in college in the program, like how did that feel in academia? Like how would you compare that academia to, I guess, maybe what you see in, in tech professionally today or um, maybe in this other terrible experience of the company that will not be named? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, I would say that they're all about the same. I mean, they, I'd say that there are issues, the issues that I've found when I was in college are the same kinds of issues that I'm seeing um, in the industry itself. So you probably persevered through the degree because you're like, this is what I want to do. But then you got into the real world and you were like, oh, it still happens. Yeah, part of part of it was that. Part of it was a, I just hate quitting, um, mm -hmm. but I just I really loved programming. I really you know embedded programming, working with the hardware, getting the hardware to do what I wanted it to do was really fun and empowering. And you know, I mean, half the time frustrating, but the rest was fun and empowering. Um, just like all coding, right? And uh, yeah, and I, I mean, like I said, I was I was great at it. Um, but when the idea of an interview like sends you into a panic attack because you're so sure this is going to be when somebody finds out that you're actually terrible at what you want to do, uh, that's kind of the time where you start to rethink things. Yeah, but there was definitely, you know, I had issues with, you know, every, every time that you walk into the room and everyone turns around to stare at you every single day, it just really is exhausting and every time you know every time you question people and or every time people are questioning you i mean like oh are you really technical oh do you you know you don't really know what you're doing like not looking at you as like a peer or a fellow expert or whatever um it's just so exhausting to have to prove yourself every single day yeah yeah i could totally imagine yeah that i mean that burden is is unreal i think it's just and, it, and it's it's so common and it's in a lot of different places. It's not just tech, but mm -hmm. so you do a lot of work with young women or you girls, um, chicks, I guess, and uh, <laughs> to kind of get them into STEM. Uh, what actually got you into it? Like, why were you interested in going into computer science as a, as a young woman? Uh, so I was on the math team uh, when I was in high school. I'm an athlete. And <laughs> um, so I was uh, really good at it. Like I like was I was better than everyone else on there. Um, objectively, I can say that because I like you know they ranked us anyway. So uh, <laughs> that's such a geek thing to say. <laughs> well, you know, whatever. Uh, and so I got all these awards around math. And what was interesting though was that uh, in my in my high school in Wisconsin. Uh, so I went to high school in Wisconsin for the first three years and then we moved uh, right before I turned 17, you know, to do my senior year in uh, Churchill and Eugene. And it turns out there was this class called C++ programming 
like AP class in um, in my school in Wisconsin. And somehow all the boys from the math team ended up in this class, but nobody really suggested it to me. Uh, and I didn't even realize until later like what it even was. Uh, so uh, you know, we moved to uh, we moved to Oregon, and you know I did my senior year. Still didn't do any technical stuff. You know I did computer stuff, but it was all word processing. Uh, the only reason that I ended up in technology was because my grandma one time was like, "Hey, you're pretty good at math. You should check into some engineering stuff." And I'm like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> so I ended up looking at it, and I ended up uh, narrowing my careers down to either international business or computer engineering, um, knowing very little. Of course, you know when you're a teenager, you know very little about any of these things, but knowing, you know almost nothing about either career and going in, started my first programming class at uh, OSU. I went in there, my, I started that summer and I went in not understanding what programming was. So I went into C programming, our first, you know, the first uh, CS class that I was supposed to take. And I didn't have enough context to understand that programming was what made the things on the computer run. Wow. And that was, that was, I mean, the start of the imposter syndrome, right, is everybody else knew what they were doing. They, you know, maybe they didn't know C, but they knew other programming languages. They had played around with a lot of stuff. They had done gaming. And I had done none of that. And I had to figure out, like, okay, we're learning this programming language, but what do I actually do with it? What can I actually do? Um, and that's one of the reasons that with Chick Tech High School, you know, we, we actually focus on finding, I mean, basically, right, you know, when you create an organization, a lot of times it's about you. Uh, Scratch your own itch. Yep. Yeah. So I created Chick Tech High School looking for the girls who were like me who had aptitude, but who nobody had ever really pushed into technology and who, if they don't accidentally fall into it, aren't going to find it. And they may be missing out on an amazing career that would be really fulfilling to them. And just really assuming they know nothing and then giving them that knowledge coming in so they don't feel like everybody knows more than they do and that they're just stupid or they, you know, they're not cut out for this kind of thing. That is exactly what happened to me in high school. I Uh, as a junior, tried a beginning programming class and it was all guys. I was the only girl and I knew the instructor, but still like it was all completely over my head. There was no like individual attention for the fact that I didn't have any platform for beginning it and Mm -hmm. was just lost. So I I ended up dropping out. Yeah. And that's, I hear that from a lot of women. Not out of high school, but out of that class. (laughs) (laughs) I actually graduated a year early, so. (laughs) Good, good. That's much better than dropping out. Yeah. Yeah, I I hear that from so many, so many women or, you know, just the fact that they just accidentally ended up there or, you know, and we just need to be so much more, we just need to be so much better at telling these girls and what their options are and giving them not just giving them the choices but encouraging them and providing that emotional support and the understanding that everyone starts out that way and that's okay but I still hear you know even from our girls now I mean it's almost 2016 and I you know I'll read on the surveys or I'll talk to the girls and you know I'll see things like Thank you so much for Chick Tech. It made me realize that I can stand up to the sexism in my engineering class. This is a high school junior. Like, it's crazy that she's having to deal with sexism as a high school junior in this day and age. And, you know, I've, I talked to one girl who ended up going to uh, going down to the Corvallis uh, kickoff event. I think it was last year. Um, but she 
was she didn't want to do robotics because she had tried to do a robotics class and the teacher was just inept and didn't help anyone and just like told them to work on their own projects and all the boys had their own projects that they had already been working on so they just did that and this teacher offered no guidance and she was she and the other girl were completely lost and just felt like they weren't good at it and that wasn't the case at all you know and this teacher potentially lost his only two girl students because he just decided, you know, to not help them at all or give them any context or any, even a project to work on in this robotics class. So it sounds like, uh, or the way it's been framed so far, you, you work with women and girls that want to be in tech, but do you also reach out to high schools? Like, is that something like building a network of teachers that are willing to go this extra step to help girls and women be in this field? So what we do is we work, so for the, the high, so the high school program is a year long series of opportunities for a hundred high school girls in each city. So we work with local high schools and we find teachers who are willing to nominate girls for our program who aren't yet engaged and who aren't, you know, not that we would ever turn anyone away because they are on the robotics team because they absolutely need support too, but we're trying to find the girls who aren't opting in. Mm-hmm. And so we, we take nominations, we send out congratulations letters telling them they've been nominated. They get to hang out with 99 other girls just like them. Um, and we haven't worked a lot with teachers to do like, I don't want to call it re-education because that sounds right <laughs> harsh, but like, like help them to understand how they can support, um, the girls in their, in their classes more so that they can, so that they feel empowered to be in STEM and enjoy STEM and be a part of it. I think continuing education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just like helping them to reframe, you know, how they're, how they're, how they're doing encouragement or understanding the issues, understanding unconscious bias, that kind of thing. Right. So then I, I, I'm still trying to understand the service. So you said that a girl could be nominated and then spend a, a year with 99 other girls. Is that, is that within their own high school? Like, do you guys rent a classroom and teach it? Or do you have, like, how does that work? Yeah, so maybe actually just tell us the story from the girl's perspective of what yeah. tech looks like. What we do is we bring in 100 high school girls. It's a year-long program. They come to, uh, it's not in their schools. It's from all different schools. Um, so teachers can nominate up to 15 girls from their school. And what's, for example, the Portland area, we probably pull from 22 schools at this point. And we, they come in, they go to a kickoff event. Uh, it, here it's been at PSU. It's usually at a university. Sometimes it's at a, at a tech company. They go through one workshop. They have about 10 hours of project time where they actually create something. Um, there's seven workshops. And so they get to, they get to choose which one they're most excited about. Um, and then at the end we do a tech show where they show off what they've created. Um, over the weekend, we invite the community, we invite teachers, friends, family, et cetera, so that they can be really proud of what they've made. And there's no competition um, because there's, it's not about somebody making something better than someone else. It's about everyone being creative and everyone being talented and uh, making something unique. Uh, after that, we have a mentor program that runs um, from December until June or September, depending on the chapter, uh, where they're matched one-on-one with a man or woman in the technology industry to get career advice, learn new skills, et cetera. 
Uh, we also do monthly workshops after that kickoff event to help them to not just learn new skills, but broaden their idea of what a technology career looks like. Uh, so we might do one on filmmaking or green energy or on Python or, or robotics, right? And then in the end, we do uh, we work with tech companies to offer a limited number of uh, Chick Tech focused uh, internships. So like not they're not always Chick Tech exclusive, but we try to make them as exclusive as possible to our girls. Um, and we work with the girls on their resumes and mock interview skills, interview skills, so that they can uh, they can do well as they're looking for these internships. So it's really, we don't ever have all 100 girls in the same room again after we do the kickoff event, because one of the big things is, uh, one, they're always so busy. It's crazy how many things they're doing, but also um, we don't want them to feel intimidated coming in because most of them, about two thirds of them have never done anything in technology before. And so they come in thinking they're the only ones, even though we tell them like five million times, you're not the only one. Everybody's not going to know anything. They still worry. Um, and if we were like, hey, you know nothing about technology, you're you're intimidated by this. Sign up for this year long program where you have to go to something every single month. That would be scary. Right. That would be stressful. Um, and so what we say is come to the kickoff event. And then if you like it and you had fun, come to something else also pick and choose what workshops you're interested in. Do you want a mentor? You know, we get about 30 to 40% of the girls choosing to have a mentor. We get about two thirds or more coming back for something throughout the year. And I think that's great. You know, even if a girl comes to that kickoff event and says, you know, I thought I might like programming and now I realize I don't and I'm going to go do something else over here. That's totally fine because one, it still increased her confidence in her skills and abilities around technology. And two, at least she was able to choose for herself rather than having someone else choose a career for her based on gender stereotypes or personality stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I like that you, uh, so are you actually working on tracking? Um, I bet this sounds like you've got some good numbers like what are you tracking? Why are you tracking? This is one of the things that I kind of talk about with with my groups is like, how do we how do we pick metrics to track and and what shows success in our programs? Because I think it's something that kind of falls through the cracks with a lot of nonprofits. Yeah. Uh, so we do. Uh, so for our women focused programs like ACTW and um, and like meetup groups, we haven't figured out how to do that without being weird. Besides, like, you know, figuring out who's coming you know, or like how often people are coming or whatever. Um, but it's kind of weird to like ask a group of women, like, how confident are you now? Why do you think that's weird? Uh, it just feels, it feels formulaic a little bit when you're an adult and people ask you that kind of thing, you know, as opposed to like, Hey, we're just all a community together learning together, you know? Uh, so we're, we're, that's one of the things that we're working on figuring out in 2016, but for our high school program, we do pre and post surveys um, we do a pre and post survey around the high school, the kickoff event, and then we do a year end survey at the end of the like in June or July when most of the programming is done. And we we don't focus on how much they know, like we don't care how much HTML they know because we have Google. Nobody cares, right? <laughs> but what we do care about is how they felt when they were doing it, right? So we care about. Uh, we ask them how confident they are in their technology skills, and we ask them before and after. Um, we also do a reflective one, you know. So, for example, we kicked off in five of our six active cities in November. Out of the results that I've gotten back so far, we went from 
Oh, shoot. I can't remember that statistic off the top of my head. I shouldn't have brought it up. Uh, they're all <laughs> statistics and I haven't memorized them all yet. <laughs> That's okay. So, so I guess you're, you would say maybe that you're the most interested with the high school girls uh, in the psychological impact of your program? Yeah, exactly. So there's like the um, social cognitive career theory where it talks about like the sense of belonging, you know, the interest in a career, but like how confident you feel and how confident you feel that you're going to do well and succeed in something um, is, is really important. Uh, and so not only do we look at their sense of belonging and their confidence, but of course, then we also measure their, um, uh, how, uh, how interested they are in a technology career. So for that one, I do remember that one off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> so when we ask them, you know, how, how interested are you in a technology career? We, um, we had 46% of them saying they were very interested or very interested in a technology career before that kickoff weekend. And that went up to 89% after that kickoff weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so we showed a huge increase in just in general, you know, hey, are, do you think you might look at this as a career, right? And that's only two days. And so we're excited to see, you know, when we do the year end surveys, you know, how, you know, did we keep them excited that entire year? Because that's also a big thing, right? Like you can, you can increase people's interest and confidence for a couple of days. Right. But does that stay? Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm excited for that part of this Adobe foundation grant that we just got, which we were super excited about includes funding for a third party evaluator to check all of our results and do a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, and so I'm hoping by mid spring, we'll have some really great reports based on the last, uh, the last surveys. Oh, that's very cool. Awesome. I, yeah. I hope you, I hope you publish a bunch of that. I would, I think it yeah. could be really impactful for our community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. So meeting you, it's always been interesting to see like how you have actually managed, I think, to kind of fulfill both of your college wishes of becoming like an international businessman or person and, right. and a computer scientist. And like, do you feel like that's kind of been the path that you, you kind of were going down the whole time? Like, I don't know. It sounds interesting. It's all been following what I'm interested in and trying new things. So after I worked at the worst company ever, uh, I pretty much decided that no one should ever be allowed to have that much control over your life and be allowed to make you that miserable and you have to just sit there and take it. Uh, and so that was one of the big reasons that I started doing consulting stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed working with small businesses and especially if they only had one person that was working on it, you know, as the sole founder, like being their emotional support and, and business support. Right. Mm. Um, and helping to encourage them and continue on. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's just been taking advantage of the things that come across my path and just working hard on those things and um, putting passion into things because that's, I think that's one of the, well, so, so I took this, I don't know if you, either of you have taken the strengths finder test. Oh yeah. Yes. Right. Love so, it. so my top one is empathy, which is both my biggest strength and biggest weakness. And then I have like some strategic ones. I have like three strategic ones. And my last one is activator. Oh. And so what I've found an activator is basically, um, taking someone from like an idea to action and like encouraging them to like do something. Right. And so that helped with the consulting stuff because sometimes people will be kind of stuck or, you know, a little paralyzed because it'd be new with volunteers and with chick tech, like that's been really strong um, and really helpful for what we've, what we've been trying to accomplish is like just getting 
taking what I'm passionate about and telling other people about it. One, people like passionate people, you know, they like it when people are excited about something and care about something and believe in it enough to put their life's energy into it. But also, you know, just getting them to go from like, oh yeah, that's a great idea to let's do this, you know, and especially as we're looking at all these new chapters, you know, starting a new chapter is a big deal, right? And being able to help them to realize that if you want to make a big change, you know, you need to put effort into it. Like you can't, you can't make a huge change in something by, you know, scooping, you know, giving scoops of rice to the homeless at, you know, soup kitchen once a week for an hour, right? Like that's absolutely impactful and useful. But if you want to make big change, you know, learn how to grow rice, (laughs) (laughs) join me. And then we can, you know, we can really, you know, make this nationwide movement. And that's really, that's really what gets me up in the morning and gets me excited um, and keeps me going is just creating this community. And I look at all of my chapters and it's not just, you know, it's not a business arrangement, you know, it's, it's, these are my friends. These are my community and these are my family, you know? So I don't know. I got a little away from your question. <laughs> no, that's okay. That was good. I have a, I have a twofold question. Um, it's basically about the tools that you use on a daily basis the different programs or, or anything that helps you do your job better. But I also, in coordination with that, what tools do you recommend for women, girls that are not high school age for learning code or getting into the, like, or do you know or, of any? Or I guess what, at high school age too, like, what do you recommend? That's a good question. So we, one of the things that we try to do when we're, uh, when we're doing our, our workshops is we, one of the goals is to get them to go to other groups and events. Um, so we send our, we send them home with a list of resources, like check out all this cool stuff online, check out all these local groups that you can be a part of. Um, when we're working, when we're doing our workshops, we really try to do open source and or free software so that if they, um, if their family doesn't have a lot of money, they can still download it. If they have a computer at home and, uh, play with different things. Um, we've done, trying to think of any good ones off the top of my head in terms of that but like you know like scratch we haven't used that a lot for um for high schoolers but for younger kids it's pretty awesome um app inventor with mi you know the from mit i don't remember who owns it now and uh really a lot of what we encourage is joining more groups to get that um the interaction, the in-person interaction. Um, I, I have been told, I haven't looked at it a lot, but um, like code.org looks pretty awesome. Somebody actually made me sit down and, and look at it for a little bit, which is a good way to make me do things is when you're right there forcing me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, and that looked really cool. And that's something I'm actually going to start recommending. Uh, we also are working on partnering with Treehouse. Um, they're going to give us some some free accounts that we can offer to our girls who have mentors so that their mentors can work with them on different things. Um, we haven't started that yet, but we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, for people who are not children, um, I also like Linda with a Y, you know, lynda.com, but because it costs money every month and we are not able to get any free accounts, we don't we don't talk about that with the uh, with the girls. Yeah, I mean that's it's, the barrier to entry is always a really important mm-hmm. important problem. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's like all our high school program is completely free and we offer transportation and food. Um, so, and we also, as needed, we offer childcare stipends for teen parents um, if they'd like to come and need someone to be able to watch their kid. That's um, great. So we, yeah, we really try to lower that barrier to entry as much as possible. Like trying to make it not feel scary, trying to make it just feel like a really fun thing that you can go to and be part of a community and learn some fun stuff, you know? Right. You mentioned earlier, I, I meant to discuss this sooner, but you mentioned pregnancy discrimination was one of the things that uh, that was not very good in the work field. Um, mm-hmm. Was it that did people give up on you because they're like, oh, she's going to go anyway once the baby comes or like, what was, what was that all about? Yeah. So, well, so I have two kids. So I was actually a teen parent myself. So I had my son when I was 16, but when I, after I graduated from uh, my undergrad, my significant other and I had decided to have a child. And uh, so that's my daughter, Caitlin. And I, there were two companies that I interviewed with here locally pretty big names. And, uh, one of them actually flat out told me that she would hire me and both of these were women. Uh, she would hire me, but my maternity leave was going to be inconvenient for her team. And so she was going to go with someone else. Oh, wow. Uh, the other one, actually they had offered me the job, but then there was a hiring freeze, like before I was pregnant, then there was a hiring freeze for four months. So then when they were able to offer me the position, I was, uh, you know, three and a half months pregnant or so. And uh, we were down to like the last nitty gritty pieces. Like we had the salary down, um, but not the, uh, but not like the, you know, the relocation amount. Like I just wanted like a little bit more. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we were were negotiating this and I let the guy, like this is a, uh, they're not headquartered here. And so I was talking to a guy in HR elsewhere and I was like, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, because I didn't, I didn't want to feel uncomfortable like walking in the, the first day and be like surprise look I'm pregnant right um, you know because that feels weird yes uh, and I did a lot of research on the internet before saying anything I just it was it's a very stressful thing and yes. so I ended up telling him I'm like you know just just so you know I'm about three and a half four months pregnant and um and he's like oh that shouldn't that shouldn't be an issue and I'm thinking, no, it, it shouldn't be an issue, <laughs> you know, but he's, he's like, I'll just, I'll let the hiring manager know, you know, it should be fine. This was like a Wednesday and he's like, I'll get you your, you know, your offer will be to you by tomorrow or, or Friday. And the offer never came. And I, you know, they finally call me, the guy, the guy calls me and he's like, well, you know, the teams decided that they really need someone with more experience than you have. And I'm like thinking like, wait, 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 you had four months to figure out you needed someone with more experience. Like clearly I'm an entry level person who just graduated from college, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but you suddenly realize this fact immediately after I tell you I'm pregnant. Right. Like that's, that's interesting. What interesting timing you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I didn't quite like understand it at that point. Like, it, you know, like when yeah. you're like, kind of in shock. Like I had already like rented an apartment cause I was in, uh, I was in Corvallis. And so I had let my son's school know that we were moving. I had rented an apartment up here in Portland and wow. everything. And I had to be like, just kidding. Turns out I won't be working. And those two experiences just really drove home that technology is not a friendly industry for 
uh, women. And it just really made me not want to be here anymore. I mean, especially because they were both women, you know, like that's just, that's just not cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can get links to any apps or links discussed in the show by going to jupiterbroadcasting.com and do the show drop down to Women's Tech Radio. You can also email us WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can follow us on Twitter at HeyWTR and look for us anywhere podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening. <laughs>